Well, I was enjoying that. It was good testimonies. And uh, appreciate appreciate each one who's minded the Lord tonight. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, if you would, to Psalms 103. Psalms 103. We're going to try to finish up what we started this morning. If you weren't here this morning, uh, I think you probably can find it on our webpage, but we've... Um, Thinking about how this time of year the catalogs, the Christmas catalogs come out, and uh, how the things that we would want are certainly in there, and made mention of this morning how my own children like to, especially the smaller ones, like to mark it up. These are the things we want. And, and David here in Psalms 103 gives us a, a testimony, he gives us a catalog of things that he's thankful for. It's a little bit different kind of catalog. And so we had an opportunity to uh, speak just a little bit on uh, the few things that are in that catalog, the remission of sins, um, the restoration of health, um, the redemption of life. And so we want to speak just to uh, try to finish uh, those thoughts up tonight. I invite you to stand with me for the reading of God's Word, 103rd Division of the Psalms, a Psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfy thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed as the eagles. Father, thank you so much for the privilege of being your own. We thank you, Lord, for this time of year in which we are called to remember, to remember the good things, the, all the blessings that you uh, provide us. We ask that you would help us one more time Anoint these lips of clay, and may you be glorified in it. We ask these things in your precious name. Amen. You may be seated. So this category, this catalog, I'm sorry, these catalog of things to be thankful for. And, oh, I want to keep my scriptures because I, I want to make sure that I keep it on track tonight. I don't want to uh, mess it up, what, uh, what's, on, what's next. But in the, as I was thinking about it, it's, you know, David... David had the whole psalm full of, the, um, of his things to be thankful for, but really it's hard to put in any kind of space all the things to which we could really put in this catalog. It really would be thicker than the Sears Robot ca catalog, wouldn't it? Of all the things that, that we could thank God for. But he says next that he crowns us. Let me make sure that I get this right because I don't want to get this wrong. But he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. You know, it's amazing. Here we, we've, we've already had redemption of sins. We've already had that, that he restores our health and heals our, our diseases. And, and he, we talk about how he's, he's re, uh, brought us into life, saved us from destruction. And, and you know, if with all those things, he could easily have said, all right, now you're going to be my slaves. I have, I've done all these things for you. I, I have given my life for you, I, I've, I've bled for you, I, I have suffered for you, and you are going to be my slaves. And do you know what? 
If he had done that, I don't think any of us could complain. He could have said, this is the way it is, and we would say, well, that makes sense. Often in other cultures, if someone were to, to save another person's life, that, that person whose life was saved would then be a, would give themselves. They would live their life for the person who saved their life. And it would only be reasonable if God would say to us, we say, I've saved you from your sins. I've saved your life. In fact, more than that, I've saved your soul. And so now I'm going to make you my slaves. And that we, all of us would surrender to that. I think we'd have to. But here's what's interesting. God says, you know what? That's not good enough. That's not good enough. I don't want slaves. I want children. I'm going to take you. I'm the king of the universe. I'm going to bring you into the palace. I'm not, in fact, I'm going to bring you not only into the palace, but I'm going to bring you into the throne room. And I'm going to crown you prince or princess. Wow. Talk about amazing. Where in humanity, in our, in our earthly scheme of things, it would be right and reasonable to be slaves. And God says, you know what? Not my, not, no. That's not how heaven works. That's not how I work. That's, that's not the, 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 the plan that I have. It's not what I desire. I didn't create humanity for them to, to just serve me, but I, 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 I created them to love me. Now, certainly there's service that's involved. But, but isn't there always service involved in love? I mean, those of us that are married, we serve our spouse. It... If those of us who are parents, we serve our children. And our children may not like it, but they have to serve us sometimes too. <laughs> but when you are in any kind of loving relationship, there is service that is a part of that. And so we shouldn't get confused. We shouldn't, we shouldn't say, you know, wait a minute, there's no service because he's called us his sons and, and daughters. No, there is a service that goes along with that. But he takes and he brings us in and says, you are a prince, you are a princess, you are a child of the king. Well, that makes, that's pretty lofty, isn't that? I mean, right there, we could, if we had that as, as all there was to it, I mean, that'd be an incredible page on the full color catalog of being thankful for or the things that God has done for us. But here's the thing. God says, no, wait a minute. Y you know, he says, I don't want to just crown them with corruptible things. I mean, you know what? Gold is not good enough for my children. Silver and, and jewels and diamonds and rubies and, and all those things, those things are not good enough for my children. I'm going, to, I'm going to crown them with something better. I'm going to crown them with incorruptible things. Things that, that, dust, uh, that cannot rust, that they cannot be ruined, that they cannot be tarnished. They cannot be burned up. They cannot be used up. They can't get ugly. 
These, uh, I want to crown my children with something that's better than what the kings and the queens crown their children with. And so I'm going to crown them with loving kindness and tender mercy. Wow. Now some of you, like, like Doug was testifying about, might, might could use a, a gold crown so he could cash it in. <laughs> and I certainly have been there, Doug. <laughs> been, been certainly there. But God is wanting us to see that, that, that the, the treasures of this world aren't good enough for us. That's what he, and throughout scriptures, and, and I know there's people out there that preaching health and wealth, and if you serve God, he'll supply all your wants, and, and you'll fly around in, a, in your own private jet and all that junk. Folks, God's, I think God has to look down and just shed a tear and says, what would you want this junk for? I've got loving uh, kindness and I've got tender mercies that I want to crown you with. I want to give you something so much better than a Gulfstream jet. You know, it's, I think sometimes it's hard for us to get our minds around that. But maybe it would help us if we if we if we just didn't under if we just had gone without those things. You you take a child who's been raised in a foster care system. You take a a, a young person who who doesn't has never known love, who's never known mercy. At every place that they've gone, they've been fearful and they've been hurt and they've been abused. You know what they want? They don't want to. You ask them what they want for Christmas, and they won't, they won't ask for a new truck or, you know, a new Barbie doll. They'll ask for a family. Because they realize that they're missing something far more important. Something far more important than the things of this world. Now, I suppose it might be hard for us to understand what tender mercies are. And uh, Spurgeon tells this story, and I thought, it was just, I thought it was a really neat way of helping us to understand what God is crowning us with. He said that in his hometown, that they were about ready to do some uh, demolition. They were going to, to be using, I, I believe it was dynamite or some kind of explosion, there, and they were going to be breaking up some rocks, and they had a long fuse. In fact, he called it a train, he, he, and they, he said they had taken, and the match had been struck, and they had lit that long fuse. And as that was burning down, getting closer and closer to the dynamite, a little girl came around the corner and came into the blast zone. He said the men that, that were there saw her and they began to scream and they began to yell and tried to, tried to get her to, to get away from, from danger. But she, she just... She became confused and she became bewildered. She didn't know what was going on. She just became scared and her, her eyes got wide and she stayed standing right there, right in the midst of danger. Those men were showing her mercy. Get away. Go, get, don't stand there. It's dangerous. And according to Spurgeon, he said the mother soon came around that same corner and she took in the situation. She saw uh, and heard the men yelling and carrying on and, and she saw that the daughter was, was in danger and, and as she put it all together, 
She realized that this daughter was in grave danger and that, that, he had, that she had to do something to get that girl out of, out of danger. And so she opened her arms and he, she called the child to herself. And that's tender mercy. And the child heard the call of the mother and she turned and she ran towards her mother into, the, into her arms and was out of danger before the flame reached the dynamite. You see, mercy is a great thing. Mercy, we, we can come in and, and we, can, we can say, you deserve this, but I'm, I'm going to give you less. You deserve death, but we'll give you life in prison. You, you, deserve, you deserve 20 years, but we'll give you five. And mercy can, but tender mercy is so much better. Tender mercy says, you're my own. You're my own. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to make sure that you're all right. Can you imagine this, this evening on, on that beautiful page, that full page catalog of Thanksgiving items that were being placed upon your head? It's a crown of loving kindness and tender mercy, crowning us, the sons and daughters of Almighty God, with something that's not corruptible by this old world. And something this world can truly give us. Only God can give us those things. What an amazing gift. What an amazing thing to be thankful for. Let's go on. He says, who satisfy thy mouth with good things. Now, some suppose that David must have just recovered from an illness. You know, he, he you know, healed all his diseases, his life from being a waste. So, some read this and they think, man, he must have been really, really sick. And now he's finally recovered and he can start eating some good food. Ever been sick and have to eat things that, that weren't very good? Man, I tell you what, they need to come up with better tasting food for when you're sick. I mean, and if I'll get sick, you know, and I'm miserable. I'm laying there. Oh, just, I'm about to die. And my wife comes in and she goes, you need a brat diet. Last thing I need is a brat. <laughs> you know, I mean, what is it? Bananas and rice and applesauce and toast. I mean, wow, that's that. I mean, feasting like a king there. I'm dying here, and the best you can give me is applesauce. And you know, you know that the, when a person's sick, when they're when they're, when they're that that's exactly what we should feed them because if you. I mean, there was times I remember there, I had been sick for a long time. I, sat, well, I think a whole week, maybe longer, just couldn't get over it. And all I could dream of was the time that I could eat a piece of pizza. I mean, I just wanted a piece of pizza. I knew that if I ate a piece of pizza, I would suffer greatly for it. And I wasn't so foolish to do it. But all, I mean, I was having, all my dreams were about food. The glorious day when I would have be able to eat some good stuff. Now, most of the time, my dreams don't include food, but man, I've been sick for so long, and I wanted something good for so long. <coughs> but you know, on this, on just in this one thing, he satisfies our mouth with good things. This is all the material blessings that he gives us. These, I don't believe he's just talking about food, but, but he's talking about all the things. That God would want to bless us with. Give me a drink. Good drink. 
<coughs> Pardon me. I, and, the, and the, you know, the songwriter tells, tells us to count our blessings, name them one by one. And these are all the material things. And we could go through, couldn't we, how, how God's blessed us with, with uh, a new vehicle, or new to you anyhow. All that you need. And how God supplies us with, with new coats and, and uh, how he supplies us with, with uh, our homes. And, and, and we just go down the list, couldn't we? You know, there's, a, there's an interesting uh, thing that I read. It says half the people in this world are unhappy, longing for the things that are making the other half of people unhappy. <laughs> If I could just have this, if I could just have that, and you know the person that got this says, man, I wish I didn't have this car payment. Oh, I have this terrible car payment. Oh, I wish I could get out from under it. Someone else says, man, I wish I could, uh, uh, I could have their house. And I said, man, I wish, I wish we lived in somewhere smaller. Man, this is terrible to keep clean. Man, these kids keep messing it up. It's so, if we lived in a smaller house, I could keep it cleaner. It's our nature. It's our nature with, before, if we are not careful to be thankful, it's our nature to be unsatisfied with what we have, no matter how wonderful it is. I remember some time ago, I, I don't even remember exactly what it was. I just remember going, I really wanted something. I just really, really wanted it. And I, I saved my money and finally we were able to get, it was on sale and, and I was able to purchase it. And I enjoyed it for a little while, and I thought, man, the idea of this thing was better than actually having it. <laughs> I think I had more joy wanting the thing than I did actually getting the thing. <laughs> Have you ever been there? You, you, you thought, man, that, that would just be really neat, that'd be really great, and it just didn't measure up, whether it was that it, it promised more than, uh, than it delivered, or if you thought it would do more for you than what it, what it actually did. And there have been times I thought, man, I wish I had my money back on that thing. You know, I think stores should have a, I'm sorry I bought this return policy. You know, you get about six months. Man, I bought this thing. It doesn't make me happy anymore. I want a full refund. You know why they don't have that? They'd all go out of business. They, I mean, they just, they just couldn't stay in business. You know what? You know what is the, mo the busiest day in, in stores? It's not Black Friday. It's the day after Christmas when everybody's returning all the stuff they didn't want. I mean, have you seen the lines? I mean, they've got to bring in extra people. and they, I mean, sometimes they set up extra counters and people are just bringing all this stuff back that they don't want. I, was, I mean, it's so busy on the, on the day after Christmas. All these people got that ugly sweater. <laughs> Sorry, they, they didn't get this here. They made that. That's, that's too ugly. We wouldn't sell that. <laughs> you know, every good gift that we have comes from God. 
our families. And I mean, we just go through our stuff, couldn't we? We could, we could just, we could just go and could. And, and I've heard tell of a, I read of a lady who did this. That I believe she did this about once a week. She'd go through her house and she'd put her hand on every item. She'd put her hand on the bed and say, "Thank you, Lord, for this." bed that helped me to sleep well last night. Thank you for the good mattress. Thank you, Lord, for this radio that allows me to listen to good music and, and what an encouragement it is to me. And, and Lord, thank you for, for this stove in which I can prepare my meals for my family and, and the microwave, they can reheat it on their own and I don't have to cook their leftovers. And just go down the list. How long would it take us to do that? How long would it be to go through our items in our homes? Some of us, it would take us all week to get through our stuff. See, the Lord, is, the Lord is good to His people. He's so good to us. And if we, if we were to do that, wow, it would take us a long time. Take us a long time. And maybe some of us or our hoarders would get rid of some stuff because maybe we aren't thankful for it anymore. Isn't God good? Isn't God good? You know, we are the wealthiest 1% of the world. I think within the top 2 or 3, even the poorest person here would be the top 2 or 3% in the world with how much we make. God has given us so much. But you know what? We look around at those that have more than us. And we go, man, if we could just have that house. Man, if we could just have that. And God says, I've given you every good thing that you have need of. And really, if we're honest, he's given us a lot of wants too, hasn't he? Man, we're awful spoiled. And finally, he says, so that thy youth is renewed as like the eagles. There was a time that rabbis used to believe that an eagle was kind of like the phoenix. You heard the story of the phoenix, how when it would get old, it would go into the fire, it would burn up and be born again. Well, the, the, the Jewish people believed that an eagle never died, that it would just just would keep renewing its youth and just live forever. I don't know why they believe that. And uh, from what I've heard, some of the rabbi stories were pretty, pretty out there, pretty weird when it comes to eagles renewing their strength. But you know, I thought about, about our youth being renewed as eagles. And you know what? Christians get old. I mean... They just do. None here. No one here. No. Other churches. <laughs> but you know, it's not a fountain of youth. What's he saying here? You know what, I, you know what marks a child? Is how happy they are. I mean, children laugh like 200 times a day. And adults laugh like five times a day. I mean, some of you people, if you ever smiled, your face would crack. 
You know, if I'm going to have to have wrinkles in my old age, I want smile wrinkles. I do. That's, I don't want frowny wrinkles. I don't want scowl wrinkles, you know. Man, when I, when I get old, I don't, want my, I don't want my face to freeze in a bad way, you know. Kid, little kids look up at it and be scared of me because I got scowl wrinkles. Do you know, I believe, I believe that what happens is as we get older, we become what we've always been becoming. The, the choices that we've made. When we get to be an older person, when, when we get to be, you know, in our senior years, the kind of person that we've always been working on ourselves to be, it begins to solidify. You know the old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And you can't teach grandma and grandpa how to use the internet. <laughs> Some of you got that a little late. <laughs> I don't know. Some of you, maybe you were practicing your scowling there for a second. I don't know. <laughs> but, you know, we become, you know, a person who's been joyful as they've got the joy bells ringing, God has done for them something. You know, they are the kind of older people that young people like to be around. And it doesn't matter if they're, if their lotion that they use smells a little funny, and I don't know why old people wear funny-smelling lotion. <laughs> I mean, young people's lotion doesn't do that. Is that a prescription? I, I don't know. <laughs> but you know, young people don't mind that smell when it's somebody who's got joy and, and somebody who's kind and generous. And we all hugged our grandmas and we're happy to see her and said, Grandma, and put our arms around her their neck, even though she smelled that weird kind of lotion-y smell. It didn't matter because she was a full person full of joy. And you know, if you knew if you hugged her, you might get a dollar or a cookie or some other goodie. But you know, there's some people that all their life they practice being grumpy. And they practice being ornery and mean. And nobody wants to go near them because if you even step one foot on their grass, they're out there yelling, get off my lawn. You become what you've always been becoming. And I, I just have it in my mind, David is realizing something here. He says we are becoming. When, when we become old, as a Christian, we don't act old. We act like children, full of joy and happiness. Hopefully we've got more sense than some of these kids around here. But, but, we, have, but we are people who are kind and generous. You know, we live in a culture where in order to to cancel out a person's opinions and feelings, we call them names. And the generation wars are just ridiculous. If you don't like how the millennials turned out, it's your own fault. You raised them. Quit grumping at the millennials. It's your own fault. 
If they didn't turn out the way you wanted, well, look in the mirror. And you know what, young people? Old people have weird ideas, but you know what? They've learned some things along the way. You know, the people who don't value experience are the people who don't have it. The people who value experience the most are the ones that have it. And there is a place in God's economy for people who have both experience and those who have education. And I know that we can't, if we have one or the other, we like to put, make ours more valuable than the other person's. I have education, and so I'm more important than the person with all this experience. Well, I have all this experience, I'm more important than the person with all the education. Nonsense! We're all part of one body. We are the body of Christ. And I want young people and their energy and their enthusiasm and their ideals and so even, honestly, some of their, just their, you know, I don't know what to call it, but, but you know, they, they have this, this thing where they haven't been knocked down by life yet. And they've got ideas that you know aren't going to work, but man, they're excited about it. And you know they haven't been knocked down. And you know life is going to knock them down. And, but man, I don't want to be the one doing the knocking down. I want to be the one who's, who's been renewed, had my youth renewed. And I get a little bit excited. I think, well, man, you know what? That's a really good idea. You know, I tried something like that in my youth. I wonder if we can make your idea better. What about working together? Let's see if we, if you, we can take your youth and your enthusiasm and, and put together my experience and maybe we can come up with something that will work. Instead of just saying no because they're young people and because they don't have experience, maybe we can come together and do something that God would honor. Well, this is good. Getting some amens, young people. My young people aren't amening me. They don't know what I'm talking about. Knock us down. We don't know. <laughs> that doesn't sound exciting. <laughs> but man, I tell you what. I want my, I want, you know, Caleb said, I feel like a young person again. Go give me that mountain. I got things to do for God. You know, some young people think that old people, all they know is one word. They got their vocabulary shrunk to one word. No. Can we do this? No. How about this? No. Are you smart? No. I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, folks... What, who wants to be? Who wants to be a Christian if that's all you? All the old people are sour-faced no-sayers. God says, "I want to renew your youth. I want to give you some enthusiasm. I want to give you some excitement. I want to do something for you." Man, I tell you something excited. I, I mean, I have memories of my, from my teen years of, of being in church and the older saints of God getting excited and shouting and running the aisles like, like little kids. And I'm like, man, I want my kids to see that. And man, if I ever get old, I hope that happens. I hope I run and shout and carry on like a kid. David says we can be thankful that God could do that.
God can do that. He renews our youth like an eagle. Well, I don't know. I, it, it was terrible to stop at verse 5. It took me two sermons to get through five verses anyhow. But I hope this week you'll take a look at this psalm. There's a lot more. There's justice in here. And oh, there's some other great things in this beautiful catalog of things to be thankful for. As we prepare for Thanksgiving, may each one of us in our hearts say, I want God to help me to not to forget any of his benefits. He's been so good to me. Amen. Let's stand together. Amen. Amen. Sister Bonnie, would you please dismiss us in prayer?